Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Here's your host, founder of America's largest business coaching company, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you and welcome to today's episode, How I Invest. I've shared a lot of podcasts on finances, investing, budgeting. We have a whole segment in our It's a Good Life website just on money. But people have asked me repeatedly, Brian, how do you personally invest? So today I'm going to share with you how I invest and a lot of what I invest in. Hopefully this information can do for you what it's done for me and my family. So let's dive into some principles. So first of all, I want to share that there's a big difference between making money and creating wealth. How many of you know someone who worked very hard their whole life, yet had nothing to show for it? We all know people like that. My dad would be somebody like that. My dad was as hard a worker as you ever saw. And he worked for a very long time, well into his late 60s. Yet I was my dad's retirement. He didn't have a retirement. And so hard work is a virtue. Hard work is a value. Making a living is key. But it's not enough. It's not enough. And so we have to make sure that we work hard. We save our money. That's where all the budgeting podcasts come in. And then also we've got to invest. We've got to make our money go to work for us. The money has to grow. And when you get this concept down, you'll really see how you can advance the ball. For many people, um, my bride would be someone like this. I know many people like this. Beverly likes cash and she can understand cash. And she's a very smart woman. She's very wise and brilliant. But when it comes to investing, you know, it's always a risk to her. And cash is not a risk. And I try to share with her that cash is a big risk. So, for example, when we've done podcasts on inflation, you know, if you have a 8.5% inflation, which is what we had here recently, and you start the year with a million dollars in cash, by the end of the year, your million dollars is down by 8.5%. I don't know what that is, 915 grand or something like that. The million dollars makes you feel good, makes you feel safe, but there's a hole in the bucket. You have to invest. You have to invest your money, especially beyond the point of inflation. And then hopefully, as your money grows, your money will eventually go to work harder for you than you can for yourself. And then if you so choose not to work someday, your money can take care of you. I don't know that I'll ever retire, but I would certainly have to put myself in a position that if I want to, I can. And I've done that. So I'm going to share some things with you today that will be helpful. I'm going to speak to you in terms of a lot of principles, a lot of how-tos, some structures. I'm not going to get into naming particular stocks and things like that, but I will share some principles and some things I've invested in that continually help me and my family out today. So what I'm going to do first and foremost, and again, I, I realize for some people, you may not have a dollar saved. Other people listening to this might be multimillionaires. So I'm going to create a spectrum from presuming you have not a dollar all the way up to being a billionaire, okay? I mean, I'm a rags to riches story. If I did it, why can't you? So I'm going to share with you where you can be, not designed to overwhelm you or make you feel bad. You know, it was interesting. Our executive producer, David Lally, went home to Ireland here just after the new year. And I'm here talking about doing cold showers with Wim Hof. And he shows me of a video of his sister getting in for a swim off the coast of Galway. And it's one degree Celsius, so seven degrees Fahrenheit. And she's running up and down the beach. She has a special headgear on. And then she's jumping into the ocean and she goes for a couple of miles swim in freezing cold water. Okay, maybe 40 degrees. And now here I am, you know, getting ready to do my 
one minute cold Wim Hof shower. Well, when I saw her and I saw that video, you know what? All of a sudden, the minute in the cold shower didn't seem like such a big deal. Maybe I won't mention it to anybody as well. So you sometimes need to see people at a higher level achieving than you are, and it can inspire you. It can show you what's possible. And that's what I'm going to try to do with the finances. Not, oh my gosh, I can't believe you don't have it. So at the highest levels, people actually have seven streams of wealth. Now, if you think about a stream, so much money conversation and the words describing around money are water related, right? You keep your money in a bank, like the bank of a stream. There's the unit of currency, right? So like current, you have cash flow. If you think about a revenue stream, and imagine you had seven streams, seven streams flowing from the mountains down into a river would make for a mighty powerful river. It also means this, that if one of the streams gets blocked or cut off, let's say a tree falls and it blocks one of the streams, it means the river's still flowing. Many people, they have a one-stream income, one-stream asset class, and that's all they have. So we don't want to be that. We want to have many streams. So I'm going to talk you through the seven streams, and then I'll give you five ways I invest. So first of all, you have the salary or income stream, right? So that's your earnings. The second stream would be business profits. So those of us who own a business. So for the last 36 years, 37 years in business, I've paid myself a salary. My family and I live off the salary. And then when the company does well, Let's see, I've been in business since 1986, so I'm 37 years in business. I've had one year where a business I owned didn't make a profit. So of the 36 out of the 37 years, I gave myself a distribution of the profits. So that was a stream. The third is rental income, okay? So obviously very real estate related. We own real estate assets, and there's a rental income. The fourth is asset appreciation. These are assets you've invested in that appreciate, as opposed to consumables that depreciate. These are assets that appreciate. There's dividend income, which could be stocks. It could be your retirement accounts that give you a dividend. They could also be small businesses you've invested in that give you a dividend. There's interest income, which is where is your money parked and placed, especially right now, you can do very well. So for example, Buffini Company has a huge amount of its cash invested in treasury bills at the time that are paying 5%. So we have money sitting in uh, treasury bills that revolve every three months that are spitting off 5.1% and that aren't subject to state income tax. So that big pile of money is making money. So when your, your businesses can adjust and transition, your money's making money for you. And then there's royalties and referral fees. For example, if you're in a service business like real estate, you can get paid a referral fee for passing someone on business. Royalties would be investments in companies. I have Kevin Keenan, who did the uh, podcast with me. I mean, he's a brilliant guy. I've invested with him in some of his drinks companies, right? And so I got royalties and payments that way. So you may be sitting here going, hang on a second here. I just have the one form of income coming in. Great. Well, let's see if we can get you to two. Some people do a side hustle to get to that business profits. Uh, If you're in the service industries, okay, how can you get your business to earn profits and then keep the cash in the business to keep it growing, but also give yourself a distribution? So those are the seven streams of wealth. I teach these at Mastermind. I've taught this at the peak experience events. So let's cover, I normally have three points for you, but I have five ways on how I invest. And I want to go through those with you. First, invest in what you know. Second, invest in and with people you know. So invest in things you know with people you know. The third thing is to be courageous. The fourth thing is to be a contrarian. And then the fifth thing is to have a generational plan. 
So this is how I invest. So first and foremost, invest in what you know. I'm not the first guy to think about this. Warren Buffett's business partner, Charlie Munger, says, I wouldn't give you $25 for all the cryptocurrency in the world. Why? A, it's not what he knows. B, it didn't have any particular intrinsic value. And just so you know, I, I've, I've done public service messages about our social media. We have millions of followers. So unfortunately, we've had dozens and dozens of fake accounts appear. There's a lot of bad dudes out there in the marketplace. If you see an account other than the one we've specified, other than the one that's verified, please, it's not me. And if you see an account, for example, pitching cryptocurrency, I've been banging on cryptocurrency for five years. I call it cryptocurrency. If you're a cryptocurrency investor, God bless you. You need my prayers and other people's prayers. If you see my name next to it, it means it's a scam, okay? So invest in what you know. Real estate, that's a great investment. Why? Because everybody understands real estate. You know, there's three basic needs, food, shelter, clothing. You've always lived in a place that had a roof over it. So you understand it. You buy a piece of real estate. You understand it. You live in a home. You understand it. You understand it, which is one of the reasons why I always think one of the greatest rental properties to have is a home you owned yourself. Not only do you understand real estate, you understand that piece of real estate. And then many times I've encouraged people, hey, keep your first home and try to buy your second home and use that first home as an investment. Again, sometimes there's variations. It might be a condo. There might be homeowner's dues, whatever else. You might be moving out of the area. Lots of reasons for it. But again, real estate, obviously, I know that area pretty well. We have hundreds of thousands of clients in the real estate space. Again, go get some great expertise. If you're not in the real estate business, I'd encourage you to reach out to Buffini Company and get a referral to one of the agents we've trained. We have tens of thousands of these highly skilled people. But real estate, invest in what you know. Second, companies you know. When my kids were young and I got them interested in stocks, they wanted to invest in Disney because they understood Disney. Uh, If you listen to Warren Buffett, you know, he invests in what he knows. He loves seized candies. Why? Because he saw the experience of bringing seized candies to his girlfriend who later became his wife. Every year he bought her seized candies on her anniversary and he bought her for her birthday. And he's like, you know what? This is a good brand. It has a good market share. I really understand it. He understood Coca-Cola. He understood those things. Now, you don't have to be Warren Buffett to be able to understand permanent value and those kinds of things as a value investor. Here's an example about companies you know. The S&P 500. If you invested $100 40 years ago in the S&P 500, today it's worth $9,700. So those are companies we all know. In an index, we all know. So invest in those things you know. Invest in those companies you know. Invest in products you know. When somebody comes to me and they pitch me a product or a company that I just can't understand, I don't invest in it. And I can tell you, I was pitched FTX by one of the founders of FTX. And I was with a bunch of people and I just raised my hand and said, I got to be honest with you, I think I'm smart. I just don't understand after your explanation what the hell this thing is. And uh, a bunch of people invested that day. I wasn't one of them because I didn't understand it. I learned that from Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Still do. So real estate, you know that. Companies, you know, you know that. And then here's the thing. If you can't explain it, don't do it. If you can't explain the investment, don't do it. If you can't explain it, it means you're making an emotional decision or maybe a greed-based decision. A lot of greed turns people broke. Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well. So invest in what you know, real estate, companies you know, and then you got to be able to explain it. Second, Invest with people you know. The first thing I tell you there is relationships. I mentioned Kevin Keenan. So Kevin Keenan is a friend of mine. Kevin Keenan is the brand manager for the It's a Good Life podcast. Well, that's not why I've invested with him. 
I know the guy. I trust the guy personally. He's also got a track record of success. And I invested money with him that I was 100% prepared to lose. And I've done that before. And that's why I've done it again. So that's an example. Invest in what you know. Here's another thing about investing in what you know and who you know. Accountable third parties. Accountable third parties. So is there transparency? Is there accountability? Publicly traded companies, they have to publish a 10Q. They have to reveal. They have to do conference calls. So they invest in what you know, and then do you have relationships there? And are those relationships not just people you trust, but also people that have a track record, right? Are they competent and do they have good character? Bob Proctor said, accountability is the glue that ties commitment to the result. So accountable third parties. And then researchable public companies, if you're going to go to the stock market. My stockbroker, and again, I view Ben Stewart, I've had him on this podcast, as my coach. He's my stock coach. And I pay him a fee like people pay us a fee to be coached in their small business. And Ben said, I've yet to meet a rich pessimist. In order to build wealth, you need a reasonably optimistic view of the world, of the economy, to have a long-term investment mindset. And so researchable public companies. Ben does more research than I do. He manages my stock portfolio and I pay him a coaching fee to do that. It's a brilliant relationship. He's made me a lot of money and we've had him on this program many times. The third key principle for how I invest is to be courageous. You can't get scared. The news comes out, the media barks, the Fed raises rates. There's a panic on Wall Street. Warren Buffett says, When people get greedy, I do get nervous. But when people get nervous, I get greedy. And so you have to be courageous. You have your long-term goals and then boom, here we go. Now, I've taught all my kids how to be investors. I've shared these principles with them. And what happens is I'll never hear from my kids about their investments until there's a war, until the market gets hammered, until they get a little bad news. And then they just want that reassuring, are we okay? Are we going to lose it all? No, people are going to tell you they lose it all. And in today's clickbait world, uh, the person who predicted Lehman Brothers is predicting the world's greatest crash. Who knows? And maybe it will. But you got to have courage. You know, when um, COVID broke out, I did a series of messages actually from my home, but I was out walking on the beach one day when the market was capitulating. And if you go back and research my Facebook, you'll see right at the beginning of COVID, when the stock market was capitulating, I said, I'm buying stock today. And I said, it's probably going to go down next week and I'm going to buy some more. And it's going to go down the week after that and I'm going to buy some more. And I'm going to buy some more. And the thing is, you have to have courage. John Wayne said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Come on, the Duke. So you got to be courageous. So a couple of points on how you do that. You stay up when the market's down. You know, why do we cover so much personal growth and development here as a small business entrepreneur focused podcast? Because your attitude is really what dictates your altitude. And you can't have a successful small business and be small-minded. You have to expand your mindset. And so you got to stay up when the market's down. Lewis Winthorpe in Trading Places, I talked about Trading Places this year at our peak experience event. He said, think big, think positive, never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat, buy low, sell high, fear. That's the other guy's problem. So you got to stay up when the market's down. The second thing you got to do in being courageous is you got to stay in the market. And I'm going to share with you some stats right now. And this will also kind of expose where we are culturally and the types of people that are winning, the type of people that are losing. And I mentioned this earlier about 100 books in the S&P 500. Here's what it actually looks like between 2002 and 2021. 
So someone invests 10 grand. So if they put 10 grand in the S&P 500 and just left it there from 2002 through 2021, 10 grand becomes $61,685, okay? Now, let's say somebody, when they get nervous, they pull their money out of the market and they miss the best rebound days. So they miss 10 rebound days. During that same 20-year period of time, they've only missed 10 days. That 10 grand, instead of being worth 61 grand, is worth 28,260. Let's say they missed 20 rebound days. It's 16 grand. Let's say they missed 30 rebound days, $10,000. So you miss a month in 20 years of rebounding. Your money goes nowhere. Even if you've had it in the market for 19 years, but you missed the 30 days of rebound, the thing is nobody knows when the market's going to rebound. Nobody. Let's say it's 40 days. That's 7,300 bucks. Let's say it's 50 days. That's 5,100 bucks. And let's say you miss 60 days, just 60 days, two months in 20 years of the best rebound days. You've turned $10,000 into $3,698. They say he made a small fortune in the stock market. How is that? He started with a large one. The fact of the matter is you've got to have the courage to stay up when the market's down. You've got to stay in the market. You've got to stay in the market. If you miss the rebound days, you miss it all. And you have to have courage to stay in when it's sticky. Now, here's the third part of that is you got to stick to the long-term plan. You have a long-term plan, you got to stick with it. I'm going to share with you some stats by age group. 13% of baby boomers sold investment in the last 12 months. Last 12 months was rocky. Last 12 months was losing. Last 12 months, a lot of bad news. 17% of Gen Z sold investments the last 12 months. 21% of Gen Xers sold investments in the last 12 months. That's my generation, by the way, and I didn't do any of it. All I did was buy the last 12 months. But 49% of millennials sold investments in the last 12 months. The instant gratification generation, the tech savvy, social media savvy generation is pulling their money out, acting like traders, not acting like investors. Here's the deal. You miss out on the days of the rebound you stay broke, your money goes down. Nobody, nobody, nobody can time the market perfectly. You have to have the courage to stay in. 10 grand becomes 61 or 10 grand becomes 36. You have the choice. But we got to be courageous. Next, you got to be a contrarian. You got to zig when others zag. Robert D. Arnott is an American businessman, investor, and writer about quantitative investing. And he's the founder and the chairman of the board of Research Affiliates, which is an asset management firm. And he said, successful contrarian investing requires us to live with discomfort for being wrong and alone. But bargains do not exist in the absence of fear. You got to zig when others zag. When people are scared, stick to your plan. When people are getting greedy and running away, yeah, everybody's making money, the houses all went up a million dollars. <laughs> Be careful. Second thing is, you don't abandon common sense. Now, growing up, most of us were taught that saving money was the smart thing to do. Not necessarily true. So let's say saving in the last 30 years, somebody who saved $100 a month over 30 years, that's 61 grand. $250 a month, that's 152 grand. $500 a month, that's 300 grand. Now, look at investing in the S&P 500 at the same time. That same $100 over 30 years that became 60 is actually 208 grand in the S&P. 250 is 520 grand and 500 a month is a million 40,000. So almost four times. So saving can make you feel good. And we need savings. We need protection. We need emergency funds. 
We need a cushion. We need peace of mind. But we got to invest. So don't abandon common sense. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, common sense is a genius dressed in working clothes. And then the third part of being a contrarian is to trust your gut. Not your fears, your gut, your gut instinct, your knowing, your knowing. You know, and so Oprah Winfrey said, trust your instinct. Intuition doesn't lie. Richard Branson said, I rely far more on good instinct than researching huge amount of statistics. Now, obviously, we love David Rubenstein. We did Invest Like a Billionaire, which is episode 47 of season two of the It's a Good Life podcast. He also wrote How to Invest, Masters on the Craft by David Rubenstein. And I also did a podcast called Getting Rich is Easy. I hope you listen to those. So you want to be a contrarian. And then lastly, you want to have a generational plan. That's something I've done. Now, I've set up my kids not as trust fund bunnies, but I've set up my kids so that, A, allow them to do the work they really want to do. B, I've taught them how to invest. Yes, they're all Ben Stewart clients also. They're all learning the market. My oldest son has actually become totally immersed in everything about the market, and he's reading all kinds of books. He's handing me two or three books a month now. Dad, I read this. Dad, I read that. So it's great stuff. I have a generational plan where my kids and my grandkids have a chance to prosper and grow. And I talked about this. To have a generational plan, you got to get your house in order. And rather than get into too much detail, hey, check out episode 117, getting your financial house in order, or 123, getting your business in order. But to have a generational plan, you want to get your house in order, which includes having a will, having a trust, and having investments that support your legacy. All my grandkids have, I have 529 and educational funds set up for them. Not that I'm enamored with the American education system, where if one of the grandkids says, I don't want to go to college, I want to open up a business, hey, I'll pay the taxes on the money and give you the money to start the business. So that's a big thing. With that generational plan, set up your descendants for success. Now, I've set up my kids and my grandkids so that they still have to work. They still have to invest. They still have to grow. But they have a chance now. You know, they're not coming from the same place I was, but they have a chance to really go for it. And that's, that's probably the best thing I've ever done with my money. Jim Rohn said, all good men and women must take responsibility to create legacies that will take the next generation to a level we could only imagine. Jim was my mentor. I didn't meet him for 20 years. I listened to him on recordings. Like many of you, I've never had a chance to meet most of you, but I hope I've had a chance to impart some wisdom to you. Just like Jim Rohn gave me that advice, I took that advice to heart. Now I'm passing that on to you. And also I've had 37, 38 years of experience of doing it. So I hope you take that to heart. And then ultimately have a generational plan to fund your future lifestyle and uh, build a plan to get there. So I covered the seven streams, the seven streams that make the mighty river, salary, business profits, rental income, asset appreciation, dividend income, interest income, royalties and referral fees. Over the course of the next 10 years, if you could get all seven rolling, you'd be cranking and you'd be winning. This is content I teach my own staff. This is content we coach people on. And if you're interested in getting coaching, you should check out the free business consultation on our Good Life website, because this is something that definitely our staff can help you with. What we want you to do is invest in what you know. Invest with who you know. Be courageous, be a contrarian, and have a generational plan. So there it is. That's how I invest. I hope this was more helpful than giving you a stock tip. I hope these are principles and mindsets and a structural piece and strategies for you to be able to take your income and grow it into the seven streams. For you to take the seven streams, live within your means, and grow that into a fortune. And then do lots of good with the fortune. Yeah, your future lifestyle. Yeah, your legacy with your kids and grandkids. And then, yeah, your community and the charities and ministries that you believe in. It is a good life. 
and the good life costs money. This is how I invest, and I hope it's uh, been helpful to you. Now, someone I've invested in for the past 20 years is Mr. David Lally. He's our executive producer. He's done a great job, by the way, taking these strategies. A guy who probably isn't naturally good with money. He's a musician, for goodness sakes. But he's become good with money, and he's building a legacy for his kids. So, Dave, over to you, and maybe you have a few good words for the folks today. Very true, Brian. Music and investing don't always go hand in hand, I suppose. I do appreciate what I've learned from working with you all these years, especially in the area of finances. And I enjoy, and I know our listeners do too, when you turn the light on finances as a topic. Even the most savvy investor can benefit from a reminder about the fundamentals. They're easy to do, like you say, and easier not to do, unfortunately. If you're going to invest in something, invest in yourself. Head over to itsagoodlife.com bc, where you can find a free business consultation for your business. Talk to one of our experts at itsagoodlife.com bc. We'll see you next time. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.